Hello out there in podcast land, and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where we always have lots of opinions, but zero credentials. Each week you watch a movie, usually a bad one, you crack a couple jokes, give your insight in the film, play a couple games at the end. I'm your host, Adam. I am joined by the maestro. I randomly surprised and am surprised myself. Agreed. And also by Cowboy. I'm surprised. Perfect. This week, Liam Neeson has a movie coming out called The Marksman. Here's a little uh, description. Uh, A rancher on the Arizona border becomes the unlikely defender of a young Mexican boy, desperately fleeing the cartel assassins who've pursued him into the U.S. That movie right now is currently rated 34% with the critics, 87% with the audience. So, we're doing another Liam Neeson movie. Not related to that at all, but it does have Liam Neeson. This is a movie about an original superhero that was created by the director because he could not secure the rights to The Shadow or Batman. I think that might give you a little insight into what this movie is and how it is what it is. This is from 1990. It is Darkman. The uh, comic book Shadow Man. I actually had issue number eight of Shadow Man. Shadow Man? The, the, The Shadow? No, Shadow uh, it was Shadow Man. Oh, there was a movie called The Shadow, which I think we did. Or on the was podcast. it Dark Shadow? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did The Shadow. Okay. Or was Dark it Dark Shadow? Shadow? Or, was it, or was it Dark? Now I, I can't remember. I don't know. But All it was right. something to that effect. Anyway. Fantastic. Moving on. Yeah, this was directed by Sam Raimi, which you may know from the Army of Darkness fame. He also directed Ash vs. the Evil Dead, Spartacus, or Ash vs. Evil. I don't know. Uh, Spartacus. He also did Xena and Hercules. And Spider-Man. And Spider-Man, that is true. So this movie stars Liam Neeson, Francis McDormand, Colin Frails, and Larry Drake. So a synopsis, then we'll get into our thoughts about the movie. A brilliant scientist left for dead returns to exact revenge on the people who burned him alive. All right, Cowboy, have you ever seen this movie before? I wish I could still say that. <laughs> I have not seen it before. Okay. Maestro? I've seen this movie several times. Why? Be- <laughs> because there's a sequel. Did you know that? There's actually yeah, three, yeah. Of, there's three of them. Yes. I wouldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I think Darkman I've- 2 is called The Return of uh, Durant, and Darkman 3 is called Die, Darkman. Die. <laughs> This sounds about right. Uh, no interest. Uh, but you oh, have seen this before. Yes. Last time we talked about it, you did not realize Liam Neeson was Darkman. No, I actually had to stare at him. I'm like, you're right. It is him. <laughs> I don't know why. When I first watched him a long time ago, before I even knew about Liam Neeson, because of how old this movie is, yeah. um, I had no recollection that that was Liam Neeson. I thought it was just some random dude. Okay. I had no idea. Yeah, that's before I think anybody knew who Liam Neeson was or to recognize him as much as he is now, at least. Or accept, or accept his accent in other movies like he does now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I like his like cowboy, a Scottish or Irish or Celtic accent. Okay. Irish. Scottish, yeah, he's fine. Scottish. Scottish. He's Scottish, right? I don't know. All right. It really doesn't matter to me. So, so let's talk about dark man. Uh, if we're leaving the theater, what's the first thing that pops into your head that you need to get off your chest or need to brag about or whatever? Oh, I'm still, I'm still snoring. Oh, <laughs> I was so excited when I saw all the little like Evil Dead jokes in there, like through the whole movie. All right, 
Uh, that was... Did you know that in this movie is a yellow car? Did you see that yellow car? I'm sure there was a yellow it's, car. It's, at some point. it's like it's like an old it's like an old 1970s yellow like yellow car and white top. It's like a I forget that was a Lincoln. I don't remember. Taxi? Um, was it a taxi? No, it was not a taxi. <laughs> it was like a banana. It wasn't the banana yellow. It was more like um, it's like an off soft baby yellow kind of look, right? I don't know. But I'm was, not sure what you're talking about. If you ever watch this again, which I don't know if you will, no. Um, there's this car that's in this film and in every film that Sam Ramy, Bruce Campbell, Ted Ramy do. Oh, it's in there. Yes. Except for Xena and everything, because of course, time and, and mythology background. Okay. But still this car is basically, I think Sam and Ted's um, mother's car that when they were kids with Bruce Campbell, they would actually drive around in. And afterwards, because it had so much fond memories of it, they put it in every single film they could. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they, and they know that shot they have where they have a, where it's basically the action these shot where it's like quick, straightforward cameras where they're actually going towards you. And you see like, just the camera just like going straight at you instead or whatever the target is. Right. Sure. It's the same shot they use in evil dead and a bunch of other films. It's like, it's like a telltale, a sign that this uh, film was done by them. Oh, it's like, really funny. Like when the bolt is getting shot at him, it shows the perspective of the yeah. bolt. Okay. Yeah. With the bolt, like in the, at the bottom, like, ee- yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. They're that the does, only ones I've ever seen to do that. That does sound familiar. Now, now, that, now that we're done with the trivia of the movie, who I think. <laughs> they, uh, oh, we're not no, done. We're not, no, not there yet. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I found the, it's funny. You said that uh, they couldn't get the rights to shadow or Batman. Cause it had a very Batman-y feel to it. Yes. And I was sitting here watching the movie going, this is such a ripoff. Yeah. And my my first gripe is, okay, he becomes this dark man. Um, Everything that he's going through and and I I get it. They tried to explain, oh, this scientific thing they did to save him. He, they severed something in his brain. So he doesn't have feeling anymore. He can't process how that hurts or whatever. Right. Great. But does that mean all this shit can happen and he can still live? Like, that doesn't it's, mean it's, that. I th- I'm not exactly sure what that part meant, but the part where they have um, – the part where they sever the nerves also allows his body to um, access a part that goes above and beyond what the muscles tend to allow you to do. So it's like um, – you, if you feel like a twinge of pain from like overextension or something like that, you'll stop. You're like, ah, oh, right, right. But for him, because all the nerves are severed, all he has, he keeps on going even to the point where he will break, but mm-hmm. he won't feel it. So right. he could be walking like he's on PCP and no one knows. Yeah, that's the thing because because they severed the the he can't feel anything. So, uh, but the thing is. Yes, you could be stronger because you're not stopping when you feel the pain, like Misha was saying. But your muscle will still rip in half <laughs> if you overexert yourself, and that was not shown to us. Uh, he, I, I, I half understand. his face is gone. 
right. his hands were like down to the bone. You can't live. I'm sorry. No, you can. Uh-huh. Well, parts of you can, but See, the whole like dexterity thing, no. I, I was wondering if the the sludge that he was semi drowned in that kind of burnt him a little bit. I think it's, I think it started burning him. I don't know, but maybe that somehow gives him some regenerative or able to live longer than us. See, that's what I thought too, but they didn't ever explain that part. No, so I don't know. No, they didn't. I mean, the, all I know is that vat was used to create skin, right? And or maybe, I mean, like like in Batman, you know, the Joker falls into the acid, the, that chemical or whatever. Yeah, and it screws him up. He was already mentally screwed up, but screws him up mentally even more. But it kind of just disfigured him, you know. Right. Yeah. But this one, this guy's exactly skin and, and shit is falling, like fell off his body, you know, and it's like, um, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure they his skull saying, is exposed even. Yeah. They were saying that part of, uh, the, that he, that he would, because the skin's so damaged that he would be in excruciating pain because the skin itself wouldn't have that elasticity because it was melted and it's turned into like a solid f- form Mm -hmm. so every time he would bend or move he would be in excruciating pain which also means that he'd be constantly bleeding yeah and i didn't see that either right yeah this was a weird uh he's very uh kruger-esque with his face and how it looked and even some of his uh crazy jokes and whatnot that he would say that it just seemed weird makeup stuff did yeah. Well, I, 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 I mean, the the, I mean if you look at him when he's not talking, looks pretty cool. But when he talks, you can totally tell that his lips are moving underneath the teeth. Yeah. Yes. That bothered me too. Uh, and, and I was just like, oh, come on. I guess, I mean, like, if you think about it, how are you supposed to make the teeth move beforehand? But eh. I'm, I, I, I turned that aside just for the sake that I figured that they didn't have the technology under their budget, so they didn't do it. Which well, is it was 1990 as well, so... Yeah, I, I didn't care for that part. But even though I, I, I completely agree with everything you said, though. But, um... I, I think I was just bored with the movie, honestly, that it was... It was it was work <laughs> to yeah. watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was I was watching it, and Annie looks over at me, are you okay? Because the, the face that I had on was just pure disgust as I was watching it. Just like, ugh... <laughs> She's like, are you? You look like you're in pain. I think I am, actually, a little bit. <laughs> I actually like Liam Neeson, and it was good to find out that this was probably one of his first movies he made. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Close 1990. To. I'm like, I'm like, okay, he probably wasn't that highly sought after back then. Yeah. So he was taking whatever he can get. Yeah, yeah. In fact, one of the things I was going to put in trivia here. Uh, actually, I, I left it out. But what something I did see in trivia, this is his first action film of all time. Uh, he, he's now an action guy in our brains now because I think maybe I think Taken is probably what launched them on that path. But uh, this, Not Star Wars? Mm, uh, I don't know which came first. It doesn't matter. Uh, but th- this Star is Wars. his first actual action movie. So, And the, I think his first movie he ever did, we also did on the podcast. It was, I think it was called Name of the Rose, which had uh, Sean Connery in it. Uh, check out the archives for that one. That was way back in the day. But my, my biggest thing with this movie was the quote-unquote special effects. 
the, the green screening was atrocious the entire it's time. It's a blue screen. It's a blue screen. Oh, blue, okay. Yeah, you're right. Back in those days, it was a blue screen before they changed over to green. It, it was jarring. Uh, so, some parts of it was, it was so painfully obvious that it, it took me out of it. And I'm sure back in those days, people didn't notice it that much. But you, you, how do you not – looking at the screen and you seeing what's happening, you've got to think this is not natural. I get that. But I, I, I take my uh, phrasing this way. When I first watched this film back in the 90s, oh. it, yeah, I could not tell several things I'm seeing now. I'm guessing because of the um, the way storytelling, filmography, and everything has changed over the years, they've been able to polish and change things over time. This movie is just one of those stepping stones for most people. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because I remember Ghostbusters when I first watched it was like, oh, that's awesome. And watching it again now is like, oof, those effects are bad. <laughs> But then Jurassic Park, which I think came out five years after that, was wow. True. That's, yeah, but what – yeah. That, that's always my, my meter. Jurassic Park came out in 95, and look how well they did. True. In that same also, time period, to be bad, yeah, that's the, your fault. The, Jurassic Park spared no expense. <laughs> that's true. That's a very good point. Um, also, most companies that do um, special effects um, only – like, for instance, Star Wars had a speci- had to make – their own special effects department in, 90, in 1977 mm. when it first came out because there was nothing like that at the time. And now you're looking at the types of special effects companies that are now, you literally have to see what they're capable of in order to use that kind of effects. Some people are just out of the ballpark, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's obvious that this one was a lower budget than anything else. Oh, hell Yeah. But that's the best part about it because you know what? I got to see some awesome stuff from the Evil Dead film, so I'm happy. <laughs> In fact, this was uh, Sam Raimi's first uh, film. Uh, previous to this, he was, I guess, just doing TV and stuff. Uh, I believe that's the case. I don't remember. I read so much trivia that I, I don't know what's what anymore. Speaking okay. of Star Wars, because um, you mentioned Star Wars yes. earlier, did they get a lot of the stormtroopers to fill in and do extras when they were shooting? Oh yes. my god! The five hundred first. They, they were, like they were, all uh, <laughs> uh, the guy is literally shooting bolts at this guy. Boom! 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 And they're all missing from like uh, two feet away. That. Yeah, and then and oh. then the other guy is is shooting like explosive rockets from the helicopter at him as he's dangling and he's got him like what 20 feet maybe not down a line and he's yeah. just hanging there he's not moving he's hanging there you know and he misses him like anyway that's what you're talking about stormtroopers are firing in this movie yes there, there was I, a lot of weird firing a lot of civilians should have died with a shootout in uh, what i assume is like a chinatown area the, the, the first time he's running away when he as durant yes as durant they're shooting every everybody. There's been multiple bodies. Well, I mean, just take the opening scene. You get you, you, you <laughs> for one. You, you have I. I don't know that scene was just to uh, show the the bad guy with the cigar. Um, was it Durant? Yes, Durant. Yeah, showing Durant. Um, I guess how badass he is. But him and that little group. There was like a hundred people that were f- there to 
corral them. If there's no way they would have been able to. Nope. No, that no. Sorry. And they all got taken down with a leg machine gun. Right. That was so ridiculous. But I, I, I did. I do feel like I guess that kind of set up the movie for us. Once the guy took his leg off and started using his machine gun, and then you see him still hopping around. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like okay. It's going to be one of those ridiculous, oh <laughs> the stupidest, stupidest <laughs> scene in the whole movie when uh, Liam Neeson is hanging from the helicopter and they go dip him and they go down towards the road and then he does this little Fred Flintstone at the top. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, that is so stupid. Yeah, so this this movie, it I think it didn't do a good enough job of letting us know what it's supposed to be. If it was going to be one of those silly movies, like a Sharknado, which I ended up appreciating, they, they didn't go quite that far to get you to that, like, oh, it's a silly, fun, shoot 'em up style of movie. Uh, no, it's like, uh, kind of serious, and then loony, and then back to serious <laughs> and weird. Oh, oh, did you see the part where, like, in the very beginning of the film, you saw the guy pull up the leg and start shooting, right? Yeah. The next part where they show up again, the guy shows up again with the with the leg, and the guy's still hopping in the other room. Yeah, <laughs> and then the guy ends up holding his arm out, so he stops hopping around. Yeah, that was that was. I guess that should have set it up more for me to realize that this was going to be a silly, dumb movie. But like I said, it kept going back and forth of this is real, and then now it's back to crazy and what did not. Uh. That was I, I. I enjoyed that. That was funny. I, I mean, the first part of this film was probably the best part. Oh, and once they actually got into the story, I was like, "Ah, eh, whatever. It's fine." Well, I mean, when they got into the story and they were trying to develop the skin that would last longer than ninety nine minutes, you know, I don't know what the significance to ninety nine minutes is. You know, like yeah, they, they never explained. That. Like, well, yeah. yeah, I don't think so either. But the ninety nine minutes, I'm guessing, is because the cellular breakdown of the of the of this of the tissue was happening right before an hour and a half. So that was the amount of time it would take before it would actually break down the cell walls. And they, when they found out that light was the leading cause of the breakdown, that's why they found out that he could do this stuff all at nighttime, which made him dark man. Cause he only could do it in the dark. Yeah. But he was doing it during the day, but he'd only have 99 minutes to get whatever he needed to get done. Um, but like the beginning of the movie, I thought it was corny. And then they got into that uh, where they were trying to develop the skin. And I actually started to get intrigued, you know, like, oh, what, what are, you know, and I'm just like, what is. And then then it just went downhill from there. Yeah, that, that was like, a I thought it, they, there was so much more potential. Like, I don't know. And it, it's, it's also it's weird because he's eventually ends up creating skin again. Uh, as a mask and his hands that yeah. he, that he puts on and he wears it over his face. Yes. So which we find out later, it's even over his bandages as well. So if you, when he put his own face back on, would it not then just be thicker and fatter? Wouldn't his head be bigger? Yeah. Cause you have the thickness of the skin on top of his bandages that his his love of his life wouldn't recognize. You're seeing yeah, a little fatter. <laughs> his his whole laboratory exploded. Yeah, exploded, I, and he went flying. <laughs> yeah, comically flying, comically flying <laughs> through the air into the water, and th- there's really nothing left of his laboratory. So when he 
broke out of the hospital because apparently the procedure they did on him gives him extra strength. And they had to point out, which is why we put the restraints on him. Like we couldn't have figured that out. I mean, basically back in 1990, maybe they were talking to stupid people back then. I don't know. Yeah. But um, anyway, so he breaks out of there and he goes back to, and he's able to find everything he needed to make skin in an abandoned warehouse. Yeah. They said he collected it and then brought it there, but I don't think so. The chemicals they needs to make that stuff, not likely. Right. Unless he's made out of aluminum. Well, I mean, the technology that he has to recreate the model for his face and his hands and or the other guy's hands and stuff like that. Uh, where did he get all that stuff? My guess is there was he probably got it from a hard drive, put it into a new computer and started it up again, probably because they got the coding. I think the coding is something that was lived inside his brain. But as far as the equipment, you're right. There's no way he was able to get all the equipment that he needed uh, just all of a sudden. Because he had a shopping cart with a like, couple of, I don't know what the, what they were, and that recreated the entire thing. I mean, when he was buried, I mean, you, yeah. I thought this was going to be com- – this is just a ridiculous movie when the guy who buried him, uh, his boss is like, hey, you didn't do much work. He's like, it wasn't much to bury. All they found was an ear. But then if, when you see the plot, it looks like it was still a casket. So yeah. it wouldn't matter <laughs> if they put that little ear in a casket. It's the same as if you were burying a full body. That was a weird. Yeah. Correct. But that was just to let us know that it was just that he's not actually in there, which I mean, we know. I guess it made it lighter, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just stupid. Uh, by the way, the explosion that supposedly would have killed him should have also killed the girlfriend. Uh, we, we get an overview shot of the explosion and the streets also it completely explodes where she was standing right there but she was unscathed somehow fantastic well done and as far as the plot of these evil guys the the, the whole evil empire the reason they blow up the whole thing is because of a memo that's the, that's the big thing that they're like oh this is the, the whole organization is going to crumble because of this one memo so blow up the entire thing instead of maybe ah, just kill the girl. Then you're, you're done moving on instead of my, making a giant spectacle. Yeah. My guess is that because the, the head honcho wanted the girl for himself. I, I get that. But why would you explode the whole thing? Just kill Liam Neeson. You had him like everybody had guns there, right? Yeah. Do you think you're making more of a scene if you explode a building versus if, you just shoot a gun. Well, if you want to make it look like an accident, I mean, kind of makes sense. I'm doing some new age technical stuff with science. Uh oh, explosion! But also, okay. why did why did they go there in the first place? Because that's where the memo was shipped out to. That's where she had the memo. Yeah, but they don't know that. That's his house. Yeah. They, they don't live together. That no no the, 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 um, the memo. Where she 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 lived with him, but they didn't get married. They know she stayed. She with stayed him a there. Lot. They practically lived. She had her own place. Yes. Okay. So she had her own place, but they, she stayed over there. They he lives right next to his lab. Right. So that's the reason why she would probably had it with her there. It's it doesn't connect for me. They, they should have first gone to her place and then to his place and. 
how would he know about a memo? It's not. It's not and something. If I really, if I really want to pick this movie apart, they did a horrible job with the ring of coffee on the memo. You could totally tell that was like put on there with a paintbrush, and they put a stencil over it. And I mean, how hard would it have been to? Get a coffee mug, yep. put it in coffee, <laughs> and set it on there and make an actual coffee stain. <laughs> and, and for a, a guy that works in a lab who I think is very meticulous about everything he does, he can't pour a cup of coffee without spilling it? Like I said, these people didn't have the best uh, special effects company working for them. <laughs> I mean, I can pour a cup of coffee, and I'm not a barista or anything, right. but I can pour a cup of coffee and there's nothing on the bottom of the cup. Yeah. And it didn't even show that he spilled it. Right. He just said it on the paper. She's like, oh, my God. Uh. And he, but there was nothing on the bottom of the cup. Even the placement looks super deliberate. Like, I'm going to put it right here. It wasn't just – it didn't look casual. It was like, here's your coffee. It was, here's your coffee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right on top of this memo. Oh, no. <laughs> And then that memo shows up later, just laying on the desk of the guy who's inviting her over. Or, or, or I'm not sure why she's there, but he knew that she was coming over. So once he, she gets there, oh, maybe I should cover this memo or something. Well, no, she's his attorney. Right. Yeah, so you're like, why she was coming over there, blah, blah, blah. But she was coming over there to question him originally. Yes, but you don't then, just walk into an attorney's office. You're announced. Hey, you got uh, your attorney out here waiting for you. Okay, send her in. Yeah, well, but they were involved at that point. I still feel like there's an announcement made. Your girlfriend's here. and then yeah, she's, bo- she's boning him. <laughs> but it means nothing. It was, it, was, oh, it was such a weird plot twist thing there that, oh, I found the memo. It's you. Oh, it is you. Oh, it is me. Yeah, I did it. I'm going to have to do something now. Eh. Oh, back to the lab when uh, Liam Neeson first gets there and he's during recovery and he breaks through his straps I would have liked some sort of explanation as to why they're rotating all of the patients what purpose does that serve? what do you mean rotating all the patients? he's on, a, he's on like a, a carnival game where somebody's throwing knives at him and then the other patients in the other rooms are rotating frontwards they just keep rotating them. What what's the purpose of that? I, they did say that that was uh, they were trying a new tech, a new type of uh, surgery on these people. Right, but why the rotating? That was not addressed at all. I'm guessing that was just for effects because it makes no sense. But they were saying because <laughs> of that that they had to do something, 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 something. I didn't think it really mattered. Maybe but it's because visually, uh huh. Maybe it's because some type of serum that they're putting in their body needs to be shaken up inside the body. And so it's it's like, you know, if you ever make something in your soda stream, once you put that syrup in the bottle, you got to tip it upside down to mix right. it. You can't shake it. You just got to like, I don't know. I'm just- Coming up with my own shit right now. Cause- I, I thought they were going to say, because they almost got to it where I thought, oh, here's the explanation. Nope, you missed it. She was talking about because the nerve endings are shut down, the brain is looking for more input. And that's why your emotions and feelings and whatnot get exaggerated, which causes extra rage in some people or depression and blah, blah, blah. I thought they were going to say that's why we rotate them because the brain can still sense the rotation because the ears still work. The equilibrium still works. So they're rotating them so the brain gets some sort of stimulus or input. 
to replace the feeling of your skin. But no, they just they they missed it. I, li- I like your I like your analysis of that better than the series yeah. to be shaken up in their body. <laughs> that does make a lot more sense. Yeah, but they didn't say that. They, they, that would have been a very simple thing to put in. I thought they were getting there and they missed it. <sighs> they, I think they missed a lot of things. <laughs> in this movie. Yes, quite. Uh, all right, so the, the, let's uh, moving on with my list of complaints here. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the the condemned building that he finds, yes, he walks up. It says condemned, and there's a there's a um, chain around the gate. He just like Meh. moves the chain over. It's not locked. Fine. No. Who cares? Uh, n- now he's he's finally getting his disguises. He got this skin thing working back to where it was working originally. Yes, where, where it lasted for ninety nine minutes, unless it was in darkness, and then it would last longer. Uh huh. Fine. That's why he still has the bandages on over the skin because no sunlight. It's the timer doesn't start until I take off the bandages. Basically, right? So he's disguised as Polly, the the bald dude with a weird knife tattoo yeah. on his face or head, and he steals the briefcase and then hangs her out outside on a bus stop for what purpose? Yeah. See, I don't get that either. I thought that was interesting too. Unless he was there just to see what happens. Yeah, he's there waiting. He had he had like two minutes before his face started melting off, and he's just waiting there. Uh, oh, he died. Cool. Let me soak this in for a second. Oh, my face is falling off. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> what? Yeah, I I, I got nothing. <sighs> I guess that was the drama in the movie. They had to put stress on it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got to do yeah, something. The drama in the movie was just, you know, on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Not really. No. Yeah, because I was trying to leave the room. That's, that was the edge <laughs> of the seat. <laughs> but, I was trying to find an excuse to go to the bathroom. Right. Maybe if I drink faster, I'll have to take a bathroom. Maybe break. if I drink more, because <laughs> yeah. I get better. Oh. And we, we also discover later that he has a whole stash of faces. Uh, yes, at his laboratory to be used for multiple purposes. Mm-hmm. If he has this stash, why not create multiple Liam faces and then put them in a backpack or something so that when you're out with your loved one, oh, I got to get back. It's been an hour. I got to go back to the hospital. Uh, let me go to the bathroom real quick. Take that mask on, put another mask on. I got another 99 minutes. Yeah. I actually had a thought when you saw those faces in there and I was going to bring it up and be like, what, what? so he makes all this stuff and the skin doesn't deteriorate in 99 minutes, you know? But then I had the revelation of, oh, it's in the dark. Yes. It's not deteriorating. So does it – here's the thing is in the light, it deteriorates in 99 minutes mm-hmm. or after 99 minutes, once it hits the light, it deteriorates. They're saying that um, once it's in full sunlight, like UV rays or whatever else have you, it will start to decay over time. And at 99 minutes, the cellular wall breaks down and it literally just melts. So if you were running from one building to another, and as long as all the lights are off, you only lose five minutes getting across the street and then you got it. I, I don't know if it's the cellular breakdown from initial light use or not. 
It could be. It couldn't be. I mean, like, uh, no, I would have to argue with you that because the first time in the laboratory that they got it to last longer than 99 minutes, it was coming up to 99 minutes when the power went out. Mm -hmm. And that's when it lasted longer. Yeah. So that's why the whole that's what I'm saying. The whole breakdown is supposed to start at 99 minutes. So if the skin is there for longer than 99 minutes, once it hits the light, it deteriorates because if it's but, something that slowly happens over time and at 99 minutes it breaks down, mm -hmm. then the light wouldn't matter because it's been in the light for 98 minutes. And then all of a sudden the lights go off and it's like, okay, we're not going to deteriorate anymore. Right. Does, does that then restart <laughs> 99 minutes? Does it start over yeah, right. or do you have one or minute after that? Go into a dark room every 98 minutes, you know, right. walk back out and just start over. Again. Yeah. Go to the bathroom, turn the lights off. Okay. I'm recharged. Uh, uh <laughs> unless of course unless of course the cell wall just slowly deteriorates but it was able to hold on to its cellular structure during that blackout that it wouldn't break down maybe that's why yeah see they should have explained a lot of things more yeah there's not, not a <laughs> uh like the whole movie yeah let's see oh where does the hair come from the the, the hair on his head uh, the plugs. And the eyebrows. Because when he takes off the, the mask, the first time that uh, his, his, uh, his Julie sees the mask in his laboratory, yes, uh, the, the hair is all there. Then I thought, who, does he, is he putting hair on all of these? Don't you remember the cat earlier? <laughs> I was going to say, maybe he got it from the cat. Yeah. I had the same thought. But that, that's a lot of masks with a lot of hair. Polly would be an easy one because you don't need hair. Right. Yeah, so that that one made sense to me. But then once once I realized, oh wait, no, he has to redo his hair every time for this. And how is maybe, he doing maybe, that? Maybe when the mask deteriorate, the skin deteriorates on the mask, he saves the hair piece part. Uh-huh. Or the mask is growing at him as well. Or the hair is actually a wig and he just mysteriously stumbled on a bunch of wigs. And and sat there in his tomb <laughs> and cut and shaped all the hair. To, I don't know. If that's the case, that should be what you're making money off of, not this cell thing that doesn't work. You make great wigs. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> and good bald caps. <laughs> oh, yeah. true, uh, true. Let's see. Uh, the carnival. When he's at the carnival with the with the jewelry during his. He, this is also a weird thing. He didn't time this very well at all. Like, all right, uh, my mask is going to start melting in five minutes. Let's play one more game. And then he plays the game, he freaks out, uh, throws the guy through the wall, and then his face starts melting. Like, okay, maybe maybe you shouldn't have played that game. Maybe start saying your goodbyes now. Move along so she doesn't see your face melt off. For a scientist, he's real, real dumb. Okay, let's see. Now we're on to the warehouse. By the way, jump in if uh, if you get any thoughts along the way for for your stuff. I I I am okay. <laughs> so now the the whole thing kind of starts coming to a head when she discovers the memo in that lawyer's office, and uh, she tells him, "Hey, my ex semi kind of fiance is alive." Which he then tells Durant, "Oh, this this must be the guy that's causing problems." Okay, it's a kind of quite a leap to make, but whatever. Then they, they then follow her to the warehouse because that's where he's going to be, 
and once they get to the warehouse, there's a there was a firefight. <laughs> <laughs> Again, stormtroopers firing everywhere. Uh, this is where you find the mask, and he starts using the mask in creative ways. Yeah, at one point, he double masks somebody. Which, yeah. Back to my previous point of the thickness of the mask alone. That guy's head should have been fucking huge. Unless it's as thick as skin, which the amount of layers of skin you have, and it's pretty thin still. Yeah, but but – we see it when he takes the first mask off the guy. That that's it was pretty thick. It looks pretty that's thick because to me. it's that's that's because that was a silicone mask, not real skin oh, mask. I, <laughs> I remember like they did in the Mission Impossible bit where they changed people and changed the way they looked, and then they peeled it off. It was like skins thin, basically. Right, but then you also at that point have to take in bone structure into play. True, true, true. Yeah, doesn't work. So he puts a mask on a guy. Uh, of him and then puts a mask on somebody else so that when he shoots him he thinks he takes a mask off oh i got him and then no i didn't <laughs> i got my friend, friend. oh yeah. no i did like the bit where <laughs> when he opened his mouth it was just a bunch of duct tape i'm like oh that's a nice put put on there all right cool yeah explains why he wasn't mumbling <laughs> right <laughs> All right. And then from the warehouse, we get to uh, the helicopter pursuit. Because I guess the the chopper lands on top of the warehouse where Liam Neeson is waiting for them. And then he gets – then the, the cable comes down. He's dangling from the cable. There's no way he should survive any of this. Whether you no. feel pain or not. When he crashes through a goddamn building, what, is, what was the chopper doing at that point? It, it just like – it went to the building, stopped – he went in and then it took off again. How? What was the? Yeah, I don't know. He had long enough to sit there and crash into the building. And goes or say something like, "Sorry, guys." Yeah, <laughs> and then jumps oh, back out. I gotta go, and then he <laughs> leaves. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so dumb. And oh, and then, then he shoots that. The Durant shoots the machine gun at the police helicopter. Mm-hmm. No holes. You you can see it hitting the police helicopter. Yeah. Doesn't put any holes. Doesn't hit the guy. No. And he's shooting a machine gun. You know, it's like, what? Yeah. Damn stormtroopers. I'm not sure if it's the same guy, but it could have been the same leg machine gun guy that killed everybody. Now can't kill a police helicopter. Or maybe he was using the leg machine gun and it was the leg machine gun that was the problem in the first place. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, so anyway, then Durant takes this uh, Tommy Gun-style grenade launcher, and he takes out the helicopter, and then he can't kill uh, Darkman with the same thing. Grenade launcher. <laughs> and then It looks like that, you know that grenade launcher looks like that 40-bullet drum Nerf gun that I have? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, my. So he eventually ends up Attaching the hook to a semi, which destroys the helicopter, kills Durant. Then he takes an extra Durant mask that he had somewhere else. Where did he have that mask? This whole warehouse uh, got it, exploded. It was, in a, it was in the plethora of um, masks that he had. Yeah, but that was at the warehouse, at which he exploded. So, mm. whatever. He had a backup. Did he put it on him ahead of time? <laughs> he has a backup Durant mask that he now... They go to this high rise. This was what was it? why? What was the point of 
taking in the up there. It, it, it had no purpose. We're going to kill this girl, but first we're going to take her up 600 stories and we're going to walk on these high beams and then kill her. Or they tried because to- he felt that up there he had the upper hand because at that point he had a suspicion that Durant wasn't Durant. It was actually uh, uh, Dark Man. Was, no, yeah, but what was his name? Uh, uh, Peyton. Uh, Peyton. Yeah, she had. He had a, a. That's why he was like, "Oh man, I'm sure sure glad you survived everything because, you know, your kids." He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." They do look up to me. They do, yeah. It was He's just so unnecessary. Like, if you thought it was him, then oh, you have a gun right now. Boom, you're dead. Boom, she's dead. Let's move on. To go to a high rise and have this crazy high rise battle, it was so over the top. <laughs> To be that high. What I don't understand is some some of the like the hits that he was getting hit with, and even when that bolt went through his hand, he was making the noise like he was in pain. Like ah, oh, that's you a don't very good feel point. anything. That's true. You're going ah when you're getting hit. Ah, uh, yeah. You don't feel a damn thing. Why 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 are you making noises? Ugh, it's dumb. So that basically takes us to the end of the movie. He he eventually kicks the guy off the thing, or he drops him. Who cares? And then he tells his girlfriend, "Yeah, I'm not the same person anymore. I got to move on. I got to be Dark Man." And yeah. <laughs> that's basically yeah. it. And then we see him walking away. He uh, he puts on a Bruce Campbell mask at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. <laughs> it's over. Great. Uh, so I didn't like it. Uh, no, I didn't either. Okay. <laughs> I think I applauded at the end. Yeah, did you? <laughs> it's yeah. over? Yeah. yeah. Right. Maestro? Um, for me, once I saw the beginning and I saw the the shots that got me nostalgic for Evil Dead... I kind of was in it for that reason only and on that alone because I didn't care for the characters. To me, they were just like kind of like whatever. So I was actually just like, what are they going to do next that I'm going to recollect? What is the next Easter egg, you know? Okay. But you remember liking it back in the day when you did see it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all this stuff that you were talking about now with the spoiler goggles on now, I'm looking at it and like, ah, this hurts. Yeah. This hurts. But I have a new like affinity towards the other stuff that they did that I didn't see when I was a kid. So I'm like, oh, something new. Okay. All right. Any final thoughts before we move on to the the games? This is, I believe, a film. A film that was done by people that needed to... I, I needed either more time or more money to make this thing work. Because... A lot of the special effects didn't make sense. Some there were plot holes and choices in the directing. Not the directing, but in the storyline. Where they could have fixed many, many problems. But I'm guessing this is due to the fact that it's a first film for most of these people. That they didn't have the foresight to know that they were going to do this. Have this much problematic issues. Even though... It's a nice idea because think of it this way. The premise of the story is a man that doesn't have a face 
uh, puts on the face of everyone else and becomes everyone else. I mean, you don't see that very often, and it's a nice idea. I just feel like the 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 the, app, the application, but the what's the word? I have the no idea. Yeah, okay, execution. But, execution. There you go. The execution was um, not ill timed, but it was uh, needed more experience. Okay. Like I said at the beginning of this, this movie had so much potential. All right. If it were to be remade, I think it could be so much better. Okay. I think I could agree with that. Uh, for Before me, we get it. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Hmm? No, 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 no. Go ahead. This is something after your idea. I want to hear what you think, too. Okay. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. I was going to start giving my uh, last final thoughts. I think this movie, you tried to do too many things and failed at all of them. If it kind of stuck to one, I don't know, genre even maybe by, might be the right word. If, if they stuck to a superhero type of thing, they maybe could have done a better job of it. If they tried to do a comedy slapsticky type of thing, they probably could have done okay with that. Uh, but it was trying to be too many things. And I think that got the whole movie ended up getting lost with me because of that. But, all right. Those were our opinions, but like I said, the top show will be lots of opinions, but zero credentials. So let's hear from people who actually have credentials, the top critics, and we're also going to hear some audience reviews. This is to help us play the game later, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to have you guys guess the score for the top critics and the audience based on its Rotten Tomatoes score. If you're not familiar with the Rotten Tomatoes scoring system, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst the critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, 85 and up is certified fresh. So let's start with the top critics. I'll give you some good reviews first. This is from Noel Murray from The Dissolve. Darkman is funny, but it's no joke. It's the work of a man who underlines the conventions of adventure stories and horror because he enjoys them. And he knows that even when rendered tongue-in-cheek, they're timeless. I would argue with timeless, but all right. Uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum from Chicago Reader. Rami's flair for jazzy visual effects and extravagant action sequences combined with direction that's full of punch and energy makes this the best pop roller coaster ride around. Wow. That's giving way too much credit. Uh, all right. Bad reviews. Karen James from New York Times. Darkman sustains mild interest throughout, but it never takes off, partially because a real estate scam. Partially because a real estate scam. Gangland shootouts, city corruption, and a love story clutter up the sad story of Westlake's strange mutation. And that is the only bad review from the top critics. So It's kind of one-sided, isn't it? Yeah. So based on that, what do you think the top critics rated this movie for Rotten Tomato score? When were those um, <clears throat> critiques? The good reviews were from 2014 and 2007. The bad review was from 2003. Um, I'm going to say the reason why there probably wasn't very many bad reviews <clears throat> is because the movie sucked and reviewers <laughs> didn't even want to watch the movie. <laughs> Which is why I'm going to give it like a 28. All right. So I have to put this into context. Darkman came out with three, two sequels after this. It did. Not to mention it was an original. 
it was low budget, I think. Uh, yeah, well, for the time, I'm uh, not well, sure. Yeah. So that being the case, I was willing to give it 45. 45. Okay. Well, you know, they, they have made sequels for worse movies than this, <laughs> by the way. Yes, they have. Well, uh, you guys missed the obvious clue there. There was two bad reviews, one good review. No, one bad review, two good reviews. Right, that's what I meant. Two good, one bad. The critics actually have this movie as fresh with an 84%. I don't know what movie they were watching. I I am also very confused by that. All right, let's do the critics now. Let's start with the bad reviews from the critics. Uh, The audience, I mean. Scott C. is from 2007. I like what Sam Raimi was trying to do here, but it just didn't work. The storytelling was classic comic book and pulp stuff, but the setting was too modern and boring. I'd love to see Raimi do what he originally intended to make The Shadow, which again, we did on spoilers. Check out the archives for that one. Darren F., also from 2007. Man, this movie was stupid and silly. Everything from crazy camera work and extremely cheesy action sequences to the goofy, serious acting of Liam Neeson. To the music score that sounded like Danny Elfman's B-sides from the Batman soundtrack. Oh, I forgot to mention the, um, this, the, the Liam Neeson kind of going crazy when he put that tin hat on and did a weird dance. That was very off-putting for me. <laughs> All right. This is a tin man. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was to probably supposed to show that he can lose his nuts. Yeah. By- or that he has no heart. Yeah, he was yelling at the cat. You think I'm crazy? Maybe I should put a hat on. Woo, am I now crazy cat? You're the freak. It was, it was, very, it was very Nicolas Cagey, that whole sequence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, good reviews from the audience. Jonathan P., 2007. I don't know what kind of drugs you guys are on, but the only reason I would watch this movie again is for its laughs. All right, Matt D., also 2007. The best superhero movie of its time. And the reason that Rami was given the nod to direct the Spider-Man trilogy. Who needs the CG effects when you've got an innovator like Rami behind the camera? <sighs> yeah. What? That's the, re- the nod for Spider-Man was because of this film? According to Matt D., yes. All right. Um, so those are the audience reviews. What do you think they rated this on Rotten Tomatoes? This, I'm guessing, would be a lower amount. I'm thinking that this would be in the at least 50s. Okay. Um, I'm going to say what you said last time, 45. All right, Maestro. I said 50. You're going to 50? Okay. This was rotten at 59%. Mm. It barely missed being fresh by 1%. Oh, my God. Still don't understand. I don't people. know Do what's they happening. Do even know what movies are about? <laughs> Like, I mean, even if you watch this in 2000, there's like a bajillion other movies in 2000 that. Yeah, much better. <laughs> All right, let's do trivia. Oh, no, before we do trivia, this is the fun game. Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this film. We've noticed that Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman are generally good movie makers. They make movies better by just by being in it. So we like to pretend if we can take somebody out of the movie and replace them with Paul Giamatti or Gary Oldman, who would it be and why? What say you? I'd like Paul Giamatti as Durant. 
Okay. Mm. Only because of the stature, you know, the, the oh. heavier build, you know? Yeah. But Paul Giamatti is a way better actor anyway. Yeah. So um, I think he could do it a lot more justice, but not in a way where it would tap into his uh, abilities as much. Mm. Okay. It, it, it's, a, it's a character that's below his abilities. Like he could do so much more. But because of the stature and the amount of time on screen, I think he could do that part way more justice and make that Durant character more interesting. Hmm. All right. Misha, what do you think? I think Oldman could take either the main antagonist or the protagonist's position with ease. Okay. Uh, for Giovanni, I feel that he could like, like Cabo was saying, the stature might be an issue because he's not very, how do you say big, but he is scary if he wants to be. So I think Durant would be the perfect character to change just because he is a smaller guy. Doesn't mean he's any less scary. Mm -hmm. Did you do your old man uh, cowboy? I don't think you did an old man. You said Giamatti as uh, Durant. I, I, I didn't. I did not do uh, my Gary Oldman. I was thinking um, uh, originally. I was thinking Gary Oldman could be the um, the the real estate guy. Oh, okay. The, the, oh, the head right. of the head of everything, you know. So th- then you have uh, Paul Giamatti and uh, Gary Oldman on the same team. Mm, mm. You know, kind oh, of working together. Yeah, okay. I th- I would it being that what you said there, cowboy. Then I would make Liam Neeson's character Gary Oldman because that way there would be awesome acting on both ends. Hmm. I I don't think you could do much better um, with that character. You could put anybody in that mask, and they would act <laughs> just the same. Uh, besides, I wouldn't want to cover up, you know, Gary Oldman's face. With Rob, all that makeup, mm, oh. true. Uh, see, I, I, I think Giamatti would have been a good uh, dark man because I think it would, he would have been able to personify better the whole losing his mind thing. Uh, and his, his, uh, assuming he would have to lose weight for this one to kind of be more, I think, fit. But also as a scientist, I think Giamatti would be more believable. And and the the Durant should have been Gary Oldman because that guy to me did not come across menacing at all and gary oldman doing the exact same stuff with the cigar chopper i think would have come across a lot more intimidating than this guy did what if they got jack what if they got jack to play dark man (laughs) 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 that would have been great Uh, a little too close to i think joker well, no, I know that's what yeah. I'm saying. Okay, yeah, it would have been better if they made Darkman a little more Joker-esque, right? You know, yeah, okay. I mean, he did the whole little crazy in the hat, and right? The, yeah, yeah. You know? Can you imagine if you had a maniacal laugh? That'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do trivia now. This is part of the show where I give you guys little bits of facts or information you may not know about the movie. Bill Paxton was almost cast as Peyton Westlake, Darkman, according to Paxton. He told his friend Liam Neeson about the audition. When Neeson got the role, Paxton was so angry that he did not speak to Neeson for months. I think Paxton would have been a great dark man. That's like that's the guy from Aliens. Uh, game over, man. Game over. Twister. 
Yeah, Twister as well, yeah. <laughs> All right, Liam Neeson worked 18 hours a day in 10-piece makeup. But he liked the challenge and the idea of working behind a mask on camera, as well as exploring the possibilities this entailed. Neeson also had inputs on the costumes he wore as Darkman, especially the cloak. The hardest part was speaking with false teeth because he didn't want to he didn't want them to move at all. That uh, that was weird. The teeth freaked me out. It was they didn't seem consistent throughout the entire movie. Well, the 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 teeth he's not talking about teeth on the outside. I mean, that was makeup. I think he's talking about he was wearing false teeth because he didn't want his mouth to move so much, like his teeth to move so much. So when he was talking, he was talking like this because he had a mouthpiece that wouldn't allow his mouth to open so much, which is why when he was talking and he had all that makeup on, the teeth barely moved because it was just his lips that were moving when he was talking. Right. Because he had a mouthpiece in his mouth. Yeah, Mm. that was weird. That was another thing Annie actually said. How, How can you make words with no lips? Right? Yeah, it's a little hard. That's like that's like Ahmed, you know, Jeff Dunham's character, the <laughs> dead terrorist, yeah. making the <sighs> he doesn't have an esophagus. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm you... guessing the only thing he could do was use his tongue to make the words for him. Yeah, but I'm sure his yeah. peas were still popping as he was speaking. Unless, yeah, unless he made those peas out of teas or. Or maybe he he was a ventriloquist in previous life where he mastered Ooh. how to say things without moving your lips. No. Or right. maybe because when he was in the hospital and he was spinning around, it allowed him to practice his ventriloquism <laughs> or it gave him that superpower. Mm, that's yeah. what it was about. Okay. Hey, lady, give me something to drink. Finally an answer. All right, director Sam Raimi wanted Bruce Campbell to play the lead role. But the producers were uncertain that Campbell could handle the part. Campbell makes a small cameo at the end of the movie instead. That seemed weird to me that they wouldn't think he could handle that, especially based off of the the Evil Dead. Because he did Evil Dead 1 and I think 2 before this movie came out. But he didn't do Army of Darkness until afterwards. Yes. I never saw the first two. Was he as cartoony as he was in Army of Darkness? Uh, he, He wasn't as cartoony, but I think that's the reason why they put in... The Army of Darkness. Remember the the bad version of him where he was all like disfigured and had like just the teeth showing. <laughs> I feel like that's a nod to Dark Dark Man. Uh, okay, because it's exactly the same thing. Interesting. I'll get around to watching those one day. All right. Uh, as I think I kind of mentioned, this originated from a short story by Sam Raimi that paid homage to the Universal horror films of the 1930s. So this was a short story he wrote, turned into a movie. And then later on, there was, I think, a three-part comic book series that was released uh, about this. But Finally, Durant's finger fetish derived from Sam Raimi wanting the character to have a specific trademark, one that hinted at a military background, which would explain why Durant is proficient with a grenade launcher when he's firing it from the helicopter. I didn't get proficiency, <laughs> as, as we were mentioning, and Cabo was no. saying. He had no, yeah, he had no aim. All right, Money Makes the World Go Round. I want to put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year so we get a feel financially how it held up to its peers. The budget for this film was estimated to be $14 million, which doesn't seem a lot like now, but I think back then may have been a decent chuck and change in the 90s. So what do you think this grossed worldwide? 
U.S. and foreign box offices combined. You said fourteen million. Fourteen million. Yes, that was a budget. Um. I want to say 58. 58 million. 58. All right, Maestro. 75. 75. In the U.S., this grossed $33.9 million. In the foreign box office, it grossed 15, bringing the total worldwide gross to 48.9 million. All right. Cowboy gets that one. This film debuted on August 24th, 1990, with $8 million. This was the 36th highest grossing film of 2017. Nope, 1990. <laughs> Number one in 1990 is a movie we have also done on the podcast with Whoopi Goldberg, Patrick Swayze. Ghost? And to be more, it is Ghost. Sister was- Act. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Dark Man from 1990, directed by Sam Raimi. Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Spoiler Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Ratpack Productions. Write to us via email, spoilers at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests. Please Damn, also- baby, what'd you do to your hair? <laughs> it's autumn sunrise. <laughs> right, that was from Ghost. No, right. <laughs> that's right. Whoopi's the, the guy channels <laughs> Oh, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so it can help us in the rankings. If you leave us a review and a recommendation, your recommendation goes to the top of our list. We'll watch it for any other request. Next week, Denzel Washington has a new movie coming out. It's called The Little Things. So we're going to watch another Denzel movie from 1999 that also stars Angelina Jolie. That is The Bone Collector. All right. So look forward to that. Yay. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being part of the the show with us, guys. Until next time, I'm Adam. I'm Cowboy. And And bye. (laughs) What?